I'm not pulling out of the driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for other drive to work at home edition. So I just got back from San Diego Comic-Con. Um, and the reason I'm recording from home is uh, it was a big event with lots of people. And while I don't show any symptoms, I don't think I'm sick. Uh, I want to be safe and make sure that we're not, not infecting anybody. So I'm, I'm, I'm at home. Um, but I have much to talk about. In fact, I have a whole convention to talk about. Um, so today's podcast, if you can't tell, it's going to be about San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Okay, so a little history, a little San Diego Comic-Con history. Um, so I've been attending Comic-Con for a long time. Um, I used to live in Los Angeles, uh, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, and I used to drive down, uh, to San Diego every year to go to Comic-Con. Uh, it was a little bit smaller back then. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't... It was still a decent-sized show, but it wasn't the, the monster show that it is now. Um, I think now their attendance is like 130,000 or something. Back then, it was probably like, you know, 40,000, 50,000 maybe. Um, and, and maybe I'm overshooting even then. But it, it was <laughs> – right now, it takes over the entire convention center and many hotels. And, you know, it, it, it just uses infinite space. Back then, it was like, I don't know three of the of the room you know like it, it was a portion of the convention center but not the entire convention center um anyway uh it was there uh um i used to go there and then when i got hired by wizards uh, i went there a little bit in the early years just because um when i first got to wizards i just went to every event i could possibly go to uh but then i got married and had kids and it slowed down a little bit not that i did zero traveling but not nearly as much as i did in the early years um and there's a gap of time where i didn't go to, i didn't go to comic con uh and then one year uh michael ryan uh the one who i co-created the weatherlight saga with uh invited me down he said that uh uh, the company he was working for was there and he had um an extra bed like he had a he had a um, a hotel room that had two beds, and he said, if you want to come down, I, I got a place for you to stay. Um, and uh, so one, one of the things about Comic-Con is um, if you work within the fields, you can register as a professional, which I was able to do. So anyone was like, oh, sounds fun. So I went down, uh, and I really had a good time. Uh, I, I mean, I, once again, I had been to Comic-Con quite a bit, but it was, it was a lot of fun um, just reminiscing and you know, just being back there again, and it really... I really do love, I mean, for those who don't know, I'm a giant comics fan. Uh, I mean, I know Comic-Con has become way more than just comics, but uh, I'm a giant comic fan. So the idea to see all the people I love, all the comic people, the comic panels and all that stuff with laugh, even beyond the, the movies and TV shows, just like the comic stuff itself um, was a lot of fun. So anyway, uh, I decided I had so much fun that I was going to go back the next year. I thought Michael was going to come too, but ends up he couldn't. So I was, it was by myself. Um, and I really, I was just having such a good time. Um, that I said, uh, to Wizards, I, I think I talked to Elaine, um, Elaine Chase, uh, used to be the brand manager of Magic, um, and I said to Elaine, I said, hey, I- I'm really having fun here, do you mind next year if I run a Magic panel? Could I do a Magic panel? Would, would you, would, would it bother anybody if I ran a Magic panel? And Elaine was, oh, sure, fine. Um, and then what happened was, I think, I guess Elaine came back to me and goes, well, we could, if we're gonna do a Magic panel, why don't we, why don't we make a big deal of it? So we ended up um, sending down a bunch of people. So the panel was like four or five people. Uh, and I think the first year, 2012, is that right? Um, it, it, we were previewing original Zendikar, what's what we were previewing. And so we had a bigger panel. Um, like I said, it, it was like four of us, four or five of us. Um, 
And then for a bunch of years, we had some of the bigger panels, like four or five people. Um, and then at some point, I don't know, we were cutting back on something, and they decided to to cut back on the San Diego panel. So again, I went back. I, I'm not sure whether Elaine was still brand manager, but I said, hey, look, I still want to go to Comic-Con. I'm happy to do a panel by myself. Is it okay? And they're like, yeah, sure. Um, so then I started doing what I, I, I now call blog talk Live, which is just, it's just me doing the panel. Um, and I usually, I show something off and then, um, you know, for 15 minutes or so. Uh, and, and then I, um, I answer questions because it's blog talk, right? I answer questions. Um, anyway, so uh, the last couple of years, so in 2000, 2000, sorry, in 2020, in 2021, um, the pandemic happened. And so Comic-Con went online. So I did, I did do panels for those years. Um, the first year, I, did, I think we, I was showing off uh, Zendikar Rising. Uh, and the second year, I was talking all about, I, I brought on, I had a guest. I brought on Jules Robbins and we talked all about the making of... Um, Adventures in Forgotten Realms. Anyway, so we, we caught up to 2022, uh, and it's live again. Uh, Comic-Con is, is, is uh, actually happening in person. Um, so I was pretty excited, uh, although I did, by the way, I took a lot of precautions, wore my mask everywhere. Uh, one of the things is uh, there was a mask mandate. You had to get like this orange bracelet that showed that you'd, you'd been vaccinated or recently tested. Um, everybody inside the venues had to wear masks, so uh, they were trying to be safe, and I was extra safe. Um, other than the staff dinner, I think I did all my meals takeout. I didn't even eat in restaurants other than the staff dinner. Um, anyway, the, um, oh, so, okay. So they're going to do a thing. So I, I go to Powers of B and say, okay, they're doing a magic panel. Um, what, what do, what do we want to talk about this year? Uh, and no, normally the way the process works is I'll sit down with like the marketing people and sort of like, okay, well, what, are, what are, at this point in time in this part of the calendar, like, what are we trying to advertise and stuff? And, um, normally, normally since it's like late July is when the, when San Diego Comic-Con is normally I'm, I'm talking about the upcoming set, the fall set is, is normally, normally what I'm doing, um, but it turns out that already planned on the schedule two days before that on the Thursday. Uh, so Comic-Con this year was, uh, what's the date? Uh, I think it was the tw- 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th. I think that's what it was. Um, my panel was on Saturday. But anyway, anyway um, oh, real quickly, by the way, a little behind the scenes thing. So the way it works if you want to have a panel is you have to sort of submit a panel. It's not guaranteed or anything. You have to say, hey, we want to have a panel. Now, having had a panel and, had, you know, having a successful panel, um, you know, it's much more likely for those to say yes when you have a track record every year of doing a panel. And I've done, I don't know, like, you know, um, 10 plus years um, of doing a panel. So, um, and what happens is they like sort of familiarity, meaning um, I... I almost always, I mean, have been in the same room at the same time. I think we shifted maybe from 6 o'clock to 6.30 on Saturday, but, um, you know, we've been 6.30 to 7.30 on Saturday after, evening uh, in the same room in 24 ABC for many years. So I submitted it. I mean, uh, you don't find out till they tell you that you have a panel, I don't know, a month, month and a half out, and then closer to the event, they tell you your date, um, your time. Oh, I take that back. Maybe when they tell you you're in, they tell you your time, but they don't announce the time to the public. And so you can't say what it is until they announce it. And they publicly announce it a couple weeks before. 
Anyway, I I put all my paperwork in. I get I, I get a yes, which I you know, I anticipated I would. And at the same time, six thirty, seven thirty, room A B uh, room A B C. So I mean everything that I expected. Um. Anyway, so then I sit down and I have to make my presentation. So I sit down. Um. So it turns out that Thursday they were planning to do already a Dominari United thing. So on my panel was the twenty third. On the twenty first, Thursday the twenty first, there was planned for they were going to do this Dominari United thing on the stream. Uh, and so what they said to me is, well, you don't really need to talk Dominar United. We just will have talked about Dominar United. Um, what do you want to talk about? Um, normally they tell me, like, like, it's, it's, I don't normally get asked what, what I want. So I said, well, uh, if you're going to ask me what I want, uh, there's a set that comes out very closely after Dominar United called Infinity. Uh, I said, I would like to talk about Infinity. And they're like, okay. Um, so the next thing that happens is you sort of negotiate with what you can say. Um, and the one of the things about Infinity was there's a very tight timeline. Um, I don't know the exact date, but Dominion United comes out September um, or, or early September, I think. And um, Infinity comes out early October, October seventh. Um, so the the preview window is, is pretty tight, just the way things cost. So um, one of the things I said is, can I can I give away a little more than normal than I would give, just because our actual preview window is so tight that I I would like to be able to get some stuff out there ahead of time. And they said sure. Um, so the thing we decided that we were going to talk about was stickers. That was going to be the big thing. So the, um, Infinity has two major mechanics. One is stickers, one is attractions. So I got permission to show off stickers, which I will talk about in a second. Uh, and then I got permission to show off the frames for attractions. So I had to cover up all the, I showed the names of the cards, but I had to cover up all the other text. So, um, and anyway, that was kind of fun of, of getting to show off. Um, the frames of attractions. I couldn't really explain how they worked or anything, uh, but they're they're interesting looking and they're different. Um, so I'm hoping that generates some conversation. Um, you know, they, they don't have um, they don't have a mana cost, and they have these numbers on them, some of which are lit up. And anyway, there, there's cool things about that. Um, anyway, so I so we decided that I was going to sh- talk about stickers. Um, and then I, they said it was okay because, like I said, there's so many cards to show off during previews. They said, okay, we can, we can show some cards off that, you know, that we, um, previews is going to be, I think, close to a week long. And, you know, there's, um, if you count everything in the set, all, all the different component pieces, including sticker sheets, I think there's over 300 cards. Um, now we've shown off some of them. We did the pre-beat in, in, um, November, um, Oh, so real quick. Oh, okay, sorry, I'm jumping around here. Um, so in the panel, I, I was supposed to go over all the information we had already put out in um, in November. What, a, by the way, real quickly, what a pre a prebeat is is we need the stores and the distributors to order their product ahead of time so they have it in time for the thing. So normally, about three months out, we do a prebeat, giving stores time to order. Um, so Magic was supposed to come out in a Magic. Uh, Infinity was supposed to come out April 1st. Uh, and because of the holidays and stuff, we ended up doing it a little bit early, end of November, which is a smidgen early for a pre-beat. Um, but the unsets kind of stand alone, meaning they're not giving away story beats or something. So it was fine for us to do it a little bit early. So we did the pre-beat back in November, and um, we, we gave a bunch of information back in November. Um, we said we showed off the basic lands or the spacic lands because they take place in space. There's two cycles of them, the planetary basic lands uh, that are, are on, the, on the planet and the orbital spatial lands that are in space. Uh, the planetary ones are slightly more common than the orbiter, uh, the orbiter ones, but you'll get both. Um, then we also uh, showed off the space shock lands. So 
Uh, I got permission to do the 10 shock lands, uh, but we put them in space. They're really cool looking. Um, we talked about how there'll be 30 legendary creatures in the set. And uh, um, the, we're going to have booster fun. We did, uh, I think they're called the Showcase Cards of Tomorrow. Um, they're this like retro pop version, um, sort of like a cartoon-ish sort of take on it. Um, they're really fun. And the way we did that is the artist would do the card and then we send the finished card to another artist that does this kind of style and they would do their version of the first person's art. So the, the booster fun is stylized versions of the existing art. Um, so it's a second artist sort of reinterpreting the first artist's art. Really cool. Um, we showed off one of those. We showed off, I think we showed off four cards. Uh, we showed off uh, Assembled Ensemble, which is a robot card. We showed off Killer Cosplay, um, which is uh, an equipment. We showed off Space Family Robinson, which is like a die rolling card, a legendary creature, so we can show the art. And then we showed uh, um, oh, Saw in Half. Which is so Saw and Half and Space Fellow Robinson were eternal. Oh, that we also talked about in this thing that for the first time ever we were going to um, have uh, eternal um, uh, cards. Over half the cards in the set will be legal in eternal in, in eternal formats, um, meaning they'd be playable in Commander and and Legacy and Vintage. Um, I shall stress, the reason we make them internal legal is because that is the formality that Commander gets played in. Commander is super, super popular right now. Um, we understand that Legacy and um, Vintage have access to the cards. They are not costed to be viable. I mean, I'm not saying weird things can't happen, but we were very conservative in their costing. Uh, because we were making fun, goofy cards, we weren't trying to make cards that were going to like break formats or anything. We were trying to make cards that people could have fun with. And so we were super, super cautious about what... And if cards... Some of the cards that we made Acorn and not uh, uh, Eternal were cards we thought it could possibly be a problem in Eternal. So we made them Acorn to not be an issue in Legacy or Vintage Tournament. So we were very conscious about that. Anyway, sorry. So we showed all this off in the pre-beat. Uh, we talked about the fact that half the cards, so half the cards as a whole, slightly over half, are eternal legal. And then a fourth of the rares and mythic rares are eternal legal. Um, anyway, so we showed all that information off. We talked about there's going to be draft boosters and collector boosters and a new galaxy foil that kind of looks like space that's going to be in the collector booster. Um, so we talked about all that in the pre-beat. So I was supposed to, in my column, um, in my column, my panel, talk about that. Um, anyway, before, sorry, before I, I, I get to the panel real quickly, since we're talking about San Diego Comic-Con, um, I will get to the panel. Let me, let me quickly talk about the other things at San Diego Comic-Con, uh, before we get to the panel. And then, um, so, uh, at Comic-Con this year, um, the big push for Wizards was, uh, there's a D&D movie calling, a Dungeon Dragons Honor Among Thieves. And so the big push for them was to hype the, yeah, we have a movie, you know, one of our properties, Dungeon Dragons has a movie. So, uh, there's a lot of energy put toward that. Um, from the magic side, uh, at the booth, we were doing a promotion with, um, Fortnite. Uh, we had taken a bunch of cards. They're existing magic cards, but we reskinned them with Fortnite, kind of like Godzilla or Dracula. And so they're existing magic cards. They have Fortnite name, Fortnite art, but then the, the name of the actual magic card is written underneath it. Um, and so we did that, that promotion, and that was at our booth. There was a live, um, uh, Supply Llama, I think it was called. It was a Ethereum Sculptor, but, um... In Fortnite, there's these llamas that explode with prizes and stuff. And so it was one of the exploding llamas. And you could t come take a picture with it. It was like three-dimensional, so you could stand in it and take a picture of it. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, and then uh, my two other responsibilities is I did a signing on Friday uh, for an hour and a half. So people could come, and I, I signed cards, and I signed playmats. And I had a, um, 
a post a giveaway poster which was the key art from um from Infinity that I gave away and I signed. Um, also, by the way, I did not. Um, there was uh, all weekend long. There was places to play over in the Marriott, uh, and so I, I visited there on Thursday and again uh, took pictures and signed cards and stuff. Um, and then I also um, this year there, I only had one interview. Normally I have a bunch of interviews, but because the the, the PR focus was on the movie for Dungeons and Dragons, I had a lot less interviews. Normally at a, a Comic Con I'll have you know four or five interviews. Um, if we have something big, big to push, sometimes I'll have a little more. But um, anyway, I, I think I just had one interview this year. Okay, so uh, and then the nice thing for me is that I have some time to like enjoy the convention, like as a huge fan. Uh, I actually went a, bu- a number of panels this year. Uh, I went to a panel on podcasting. I went to a panel on uh, uh, tabletop games. How you make a tabletop game? It was fun to see. Um, I did a lot of comic panels. Um, I did some animation panels. Anyway. Had a lot of fun. Um, okay, so now we get to the final day. It is time for my panel. My panel Saturday night. It's just one of the last things, uh, basically, at Comic-Con. I, I usually arrive on Wednesday. There's a preview night on Wednesday. I'm there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And normally I leave on Sunday. Uh, the con's a little little more dead on Sunday. Um, plus, I, I promised my wife uh, that I would make my trip. I, I try not to make my trip longer than I need to be. And Sunday gets me back. Um, it also gets me back so that I'm in, at work on Monday. Anyway, um, so... Uh, I was going to give the pre-beat, which I did. Uh, sorry, I was going to give all the information we'd already give. I was going to talk about stickers. I was going to show off some preview cards. Um, so we ended up deciding that four of the preview cards would be about... Um, four of the preview cards would be showing off sticker-related things. Two of them would be Acorn and two would be Eternal. And then I would show off uh, just two exciting preview cards that weren't tied to uh, stickers. One would be Eternal and one would be um, Acorn. Um, so, uh, what, so, anyway, so, uh, and then uh, I got to talk about stickers. So, l- l- I want to explain stickers for you for those people that might not know uh, about stickers. I want people to be aware. Okay, so... Um, The way stickers work is in your booster pack, you have 14 cards, and then you have a sticker sheet. It replaces a common. A sticker sheet, if you can imagine, um, so there's stickers. The stickers, the glue is kind of like post-it note glue. It's very light glue. The idea is so that you could put it on your card, it'll peel off, it won't harm the card, and it can go on and off numerous times. Um, uh, So the idea is, the way stickers work is there are cards... Uh, for example, here for example, um, one of the cards I previewed was Carnival Carnivore. So Carnival Carnivore, five and a black, four six creature, alien crab horror. Uh, it's got Death Touch. When Carnival Carnivore enters the battlefield, you get a little ticket icon. Then you may put a sticker on a non-land permanent you own. So the way it works is on the sticker sheets, there are four kinds of stickers. There are three name stickers. There are three art stickers. There are two ability stickers and there are two power toughness stickers. The ability stickers and the power toughness stickers have a ticket cost. The lowest ticket cost is two. Um, and so the idea is when you play these cards to sticker things, they give you stickers. Um, and then you can sticker, so you can always sticker a name or um, an art sticker for free. Those don't have any ticket costs. But if you want to do an ability sticker or a power toughness sticker, you need to pay the ticket cost. Now, Carnival Carnivore costs six, so hopefully before you've cast this card, you've cast other cards that got you stickers, but let's say this is the first card you did. Well, then I, I can't play an ability or a power toughness sticker. I don't have, I only have one ticket. I don't have enough tickets, but I can play a name or an ability sticker. Um, the set has a lot of things that care about names and care about art, so placing things, 
Um, for example, I said in the panel that like there's a theme of hat matters. So one of the um, I showed off two sticker cards. Each of the sticker cards I showed off had a hat on it. So if my creature doesn't naturally have a hat, I could sticker hat on it. Now it's considered a, a hat wearing creature um, for purposes of cards to care. Um, likewise, I showed off a card called Angelic Herald. Real quickly, one white, blue, two, two, legendary creature, angel performer, flying. When Angelic Herald enters the battlefield, you may put a name sticker on a non-land permanent you own. Each creature you control with three or more words in its name gets plus one, plus one. So the idea is Angelic Herald, like it's a commander, um, it cares about wordy, wordy creatures, but one of his things is he can add... Um, a name sticker. Now, he's, he specifically says just a name sticker. So if it doesn't say, like Carnival Carnivore didn't say, you could sticker any sticker. But Angelic Carol says a name sticker, so you can only do a name sticker. Um, but this would allow you to put a name sticker on a creature and make it like Angelic Harold's two words. But if you put a name sticker on Angelic Harold, you can make him three words and then he'd grant his plus one plus one to himself, for example. Um, or you could put it on another creature. Um, but that's a good example where names matter. Um, so... Angelic Herald is acorn because names mattering is something we can't do in the normal rules, so that's acorn. Um, anyway, so the idea is you have these stickers as a resource. Uh, the stickers stay on the card as long as it's in a public zone, so that includes in play, in the graveyard, in exile, and in the commander zone because that's a public zone. If it ever goes to a non-public zone, which is your hand or the library, the sticker returns to the sticker sheet and comes off the card. But once it's on the sticker sheet, you're free to use it again. So, for example, I've had games where I've bounced one of my own creatures to get the sticker on it and then played a different effect so I could sticker it on something else. Um, so sometimes it coming off, there, there, there can be advantages to that. Um, anyway, so the sticker cards... I mean, the sticker sheets themselves are just a tool. Cards that say you can sticker things, the majority of them actually are eternal legal. Um, the way to kind of think of stickers is they're kind of, I mean, they're not technically counters, but they're a lot like counters in that they allow you to grant things to your creature. They allow, I mean, from a more gameplay standpoint, they allow you to grant abilities and change power toughness. They can add to art. They can change name. And in, in Unfinity, that matters. So th those are relevant. Um, but uh, from a more, you know, eternal sort of way to play. Um, you know, you, you need to deal with the ticket economy and stuff because it costs tickets to play abilities uh, and power toughness changing. But, um, oh, and the other thing is you can have multiple of all the stickers except power toughness. You can only have one at a time. Um, so if, if I have a 1-1 one, one creature and put a 2-2 two, two sticker on it, it's a 2-2. Two, two. I can put another sticker on and I can sticker over my 2-2 two, two with a 3-3, three, three, but then now it's a 3-3. Three, three. It's, it's not multiple power toughness at once. It, it can only be one power toughness at once. Um... Anyway, did I mention anything? Oh, the other thing about stickers is in draft, you just play the stickers you open. So, uh, you know, you, you, you will open in draft, you'll open three boosters, you'll have three stickers. We tried drafting the sticker sheet. There's just a lot going on in Infinity Draft, um, and it was a bit much to track. So we decided that it was better just to play the ones you opened. Um, part of the fun of the stickers, by the way, is the randomness of it. You know, part of the fun is, oh, this time I have these sticker sheets. So we also kind of like that, you know, from game to game, you'll just have different ones. So we thought that was cool. Um, by the way, if, if, if you and your friends love drafting this and, and decide you want to draft stickers, you can. You know, uh, it just adds an, another layer of complexity on it if people want. Um, so we're recommending that you play the ones you open. Anyway, in Constructed, the way it works is you bring 10, 10 unique ones, so sort of singleton, and then you randomly pick three. 
Uh, and what that is trying to do is to give you a little bit of control. So maybe you don't get what you consider the dud one or something. Although they're all, I think they're all, they all have some, some strengths on them. Um, but anyway, pick the 10 you like most. And then you don't have complete control because you're picking three. So you only have a 30% chance of getting any one card. So one of the things we're trying really hard to do, and you, you can see this in stickers, is the reason we made these eternal legal is not to try to mess up legacy and vintage. Um, we really, really cost the things conservatively to not mess up legacy or vintage. Just in order to make them playable in Commander, we needed to make them eternal legal. That's just, uh, that's what the, the, that's what Commander uses. Um, and the big idea behind this, behind the sort of black border stuff, I explained this in my article, was when we first made the unsets, the whole idea behind them was that okay, you can't play them in tournaments, you can't play them in standard vintage, but you can play them everywhere else. Um, and then over time, somehow, that came to be, you can't play them anywhere except in, like, um, unlimited events. Uh, and so what we realized was there's a lot of fun things that work in the rules that people should have fun with and that why are we gating things off just because they're showing up an unsaid. So that's why anything that's eternal is like, look, the rules can handle this and that the rules can handle all sorts of things. You know, there's some stuff the rules can handle or things that are, you know, physical dexterity or outside assistance or things that are like, okay, we're, we'll put them in the box. They're not going to make you, um, you, you opt into doing those things. But um, it makes me sad that there's things, for example, in Unstable that the rules really can handle and the fact that people really want to play them. And I know a lot of people rule zero in Silver Border cards. I always encourage people to do that. Um, but some people have players, you know, play, te- uh, play groups that don't want to do that. Or they're playing at their local store where, you know, they, people tend to be a lot more like, well, let's play by the official rules. Um, and so that's why we did that. Anyway, I, um, I showed off. I did my whole presentation. Oh, oh, oh the other thing I didn't mention is uh, I got permission to show off a lot of art. So I think I showed off like 40 pieces of art. Um, cause one of the great things about it is I worked with Dawn Mir and she was my art director. We built a world just like we would do any magic set. We, we had people in, we did world building and we really built a fun world. We had a, a really fun sort of aesthetic to it. Dawn and her artists did an amazing job. The set just looks so lovely. So I wanted to show off as much art as I can. And, um, showing off art is kind of fun because it gets people excited. It's something you haven't seen before, but it's, it's not giving anything away mechanically or, or sometimes it might hint at things mechanically. Um, so uh, you might want to take a look at the art I showed off. But um, the uh, anyway, it's, it's fun to um, show off stuff. So I showed a whole bunch of art. Anyway, so I did that. I, uh, we did the panel. I got a whole bunch of questions. Not all softball questions. I got some hard questions. People asking about the reserve list and things. Um, uh, and I think, by the way, somebody taped the entire thing and put it up on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, I think it's up on YouTube. If you search on YouTube, um, we didn't have the ability to record it. Um, but, uh, but, but at the beginning of the thing, I always say to the fans, Hey guys, you know, take pictures and let, let everybody see what we're doing here. And someone recorded the whole thing. So, uh, it is on YouTube if you want to go see it, or it was on YouTube as of today. Um, Anyway, so after, and then answer questions. Afterwards, what I always do is I sign cards and take pictures out in the hall. It's got to be on the hall because there's another panel inside. Um, and there was, I took a whole bunch of pictures before it began. Um, and then I took a whole bunch of pictures and signed cards after it was over. Um, and I, uh, so if you ever come to one of my panels, I always do that. Um, I, I will sign all the cards. I'll take all the pictures. Um, you know, part of coming to the panel is a chance to get interact with everybody. And, and I had people ask me questions. Um, uh, yeah, it turns out that there was a mistake on one of the... I showed off a card called Magar of the Magic Strings, 
uh, real quickly. One black, red, three, three, legendary creature, minotaur performer. One black, red. Note the name of target instant or sorcery card in your graveyard and put it onto the battlefield face down. It's a three, three creature with whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, you may create a copy of the card with a noted name. You may cast the copy without paying its mana cost. And if this creature would leave the battlefield exiled instead of putting it anywhere else. Um, that card is eternal, but the booster fun version of it accidentally had an acorn on it. Uh, one of the things that's happening a lot is, um, in previous, caring about the expand, uh, the, uh, security stamp is kind of a new thing for us. And we've been making mistakes in when we make cards for people to see. So anyway, I apologize for that. We, we also made a mistake on water gun balloon game in the original article. So, uh, I know that is frustrating. Uh, we were working to fix the processes so that doesn't happen. Um, the one other card I showed off, by the way, that, oh, two other cards, I'll, I'll mention them. Uh, Wicker Picker costs three mana for two, three. Creature spells you cast have Sticker Kicker. Oh, by the way, it's an artifact creature, Scarecrow Guest. Uh, you may pay an additional one as you cast a creature spell. If you do, you get a ticket and you may put a sticker on it. Uh, unless you're quicker, I wouldn't snicker. Ah, the Wicker Picker. Uh, and then the other card was Far Out, two and a white, Enchantment. Rather than choose the indicated number of modes for spells and abilities you control, you may choose one or more modes. You can't choose any mode more than once. Um, so that's the card that online everyone's arguing about. Why isn't this eternal? You're doing eternal cards. And the answer is we try to make it an eternal. I've tried to put in numerous sets. Um, this particular version was made by Chris Mooney. Um, I did not make this version, but, um, I have tried to make the cards like this before in premier sets. I haven't been able to, uh, we made this card. I had a long talk with, um, Jess, um, about whether it could, he's our rules manager, whether this could be a journal, and he's like, no, no, no. Um, it's a good example of a card that is not workable in the rules for very technical rules reasons. Um, so it's funny that, like, we announced all this, and people are like, why are stickers in Eternal? Why isn't Far Out in Eternal? So anyway, um, uh, it turns out stickers work just fine because they're a lot like, you know, they, th from a rule standpoint, they work a lot like, I'm to um, not tokens, like counters, and the rules can handle counters just fine. But, Messing with modes is something that the, the rule, you know, the rules really have problems with. Anyway, so I did the panel, signed all the cards and everything. Afterwards, we always have a tradition where we do a staff dinner um, for all the people that work there, and we uh, we, we do seafood, uh, and I get I get to have uh, crab legs, which is always fun. Um, so anyway, it is. Um, so that's, uh, the convention as a whole went really well. It was really fun being back uh, at and live at Comic Con. I really had a blast. Um, Hopefully next year the pandemic is a little less severe and uh, we don't have to be quite so. Um, uh, I mean, I, like I said, I was I was super cautious. Hopefully, I mean, I just got back, so knock on wood that uh, I didn't catch anything. But like I said, I was extra careful. Um, but anyway, it went really great. The panel went wonderful. Um, it was really fun to talk Infinity. It's always fun to answer questions of the fans live. That's always exciting. Um, like, online, when I answer questions, like, I pick which questions to answer. But live, like, I'm going to answer the question after me, so that's kind of cool. Uh, anyway, that was uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Uh, it was a blast. I really had a fun time. I can't wait for uh, Comic-Con uh, 2023. And uh, I will be there. I will be doing a panel. And then I'll have another podcast to talk about it. You guys can hear about this next year. Um, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing all about San Diego Comic-Con and about Infinity. Uh, but I'm at my desk, so we all know what that means. That means instead of... Uh, talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see y'all next time. Bye-bye.